This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week, we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. And this week's episode is called Juggling Motherhood or Parenthood or Caretaking, Whatever You Do. We are going to be answering your listener questions, including one listener asking about dressing her child gender neutral and another asking for advice about activities for kids. Then we're talking about what's in the news, including SpaceX sending NASA astronauts into space. Google gives employees $1,000 for office equipment to work from home and what to take away from Sofia Vergara's dating skepticism. But first, Angela... How's your week? Well, I realized I never shared with you guys how I uh, celebrated my wedding weekend or what would have been my wedding weekend, but we're calling it our unwedding weekend. Um, how did you celebrate? Well, it started not so bad. We went and got our car finally. So we've been able to be like, this will give us a little more freedom since we haven't really been able to leave our home base much. But, um, you know, a lot of bad stuff was going on that that weekend as well because obviously very sad about the wedding but then overshadowed by the frustration of like seeing family but having to kind of keep our distance from them because of like covid coronavirus covid still being a thing um finding out that like my dad would have to start going back to work starting that monday even though he's like highly compromised so very freaked out about that um i'm sorry i know that's scary it's scary. You know, he's an old guy. He's a big boy. He's been through so much we'll too. He's been through a lot. Uh, well, he has COPD from 9-11, I'm yeah. a high-risk person. Now, <laughs> it's a real happy day. Um, and then, of course, right going into that weekend, um, there was uh, protests. Um, Wait, what because- is – I knew that he had stuff from – what is I, – I just kind of glossed over it and then realized I, I don't actually – I've heard that. But I don't actually know what it is. COPD, it's like a respiratory issue. Mm. He basically has trouble breathing. I know it stands for something that I should know, but I don't know. Okay. I just know that, you know, with yeah. kids like COVID, the whole thing is like your lungs and he doesn't have great lungs. Ugh. Um. So a little freaked out there. Um. So and then, yeah, and then like there were um protests uh, starting Friday night erupting all over the country, which like. The protests were great because, you know, people were angry and like expressing that. But it was just like I felt that anger as well and like just really upset. So we're driving home. Uh, and I also realized anytime I've argued with Ian over the last three months, we've had to whisper because we live in this tiny New York City apartment with paper thin walls. Yes. Uh, so I was able to scream for the first time. And I did one of those things, like we were arguing about something very small, and I think that all this stuff compounded together made me turn into a crazy animal. And I, you know, when you have you ever done that thing where you're just like, shut up, shut up, and then you just like build and build until you're like screaming. I did that last night. <laughs> I, thank God you were you were looking at me, and I was like, you're going to tell me I have anger issues, and then I'm going to be embarrassed. No, I actually <laughs> covered my ears. So that I couldn't hear what the what Nick was saying back to me, and then just screamed at the top of my lungs. But I have the fortune that uh, the building I live in has like brick, concrete, thick walls because it used to be some old factory, which that's you very know, convenient. was probably very loud. So the walls are thick, so I don't have to worry about anybody so, thinking I'm a psychopath, except my I husband. Didn't- I didn't cover my ears, but I just had such a black outrage that I didn't, you know, if if Ian was saying anything, I didn't hear it. Um, I And it was definitely like, it was like an out-of-body experience. I was like, in the moment, it felt really good, but also somewhere in the back of my mind, I was like, you're crazy. This looks insane to anybody driving by, but it oh, felt no, so I, good. I, I have that. I have that out-of-body experience quite a lot. And then, you know, <laughs> and then I just kind of remind myself, you know what? Everyone's crazy. I'm just going to bask in my crazy. But, you know, I've had like moments where I had a good cry over the last few months and it's yep. like, okay. But like the screaming, 
I recommend <laughs> the screaming so much. If you are lucky enough to have a car or a building with very thick walls like Laura, just yeah. scream. Do it. I recommend it. Sometimes we just need to scream. Yeah. Uh, what What about you? Have you been screaming about anything? Are you okay. Uh, How are you doing? So I, I don't know what to talk about this week, Angela. I had planned to talk about pacifiers. It's a motherhood <laughs> episode. I wrote this recap. I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks ago, I was going to talk about my experience of taking Ratlow's whoopee, which is what we call it, away. But I've spent the last two days at protests for the Black Lives Matter movement, and I was at a vigil before this, which is why I I pushed recording back. Thank you for letting me record so late tonight. Of course. Um, And just spent the whole night in tears, coming up with a list of ways I can help. And it's like this, there's this like huge cultural crisis that's so extremely important. And that's pretty much all I can think about. But then I go home and, you know, domestically, there's these like small crises that also emotionally suck up space and they seem silly, they sound silly, but they can dominate my mind and they can dominate my emotions as I don't want my little toddler one-year-old son to feel any sadness or heartbreak over this thing that brings him so much comfort and joy in the world. And he talks about his whoobies and before nap time and bedtime, he's a whoopie whoopie, you know, oh, where's whoopie? Okay, mommy, hold whoopie. Can I have, you know, whoopie? And and but his teeth are getting messed up, Angela, and <laughs> he's almost two. And the dentist says we have to get rid of the whoobies. So, so the plan was to get rid of the whoobies. It feels silly. Is this like, I, I, well, yeah. I mean, then stuff like this happens, and it puts all of our our worries in perspective a bit. Uh, I believe that's what they call privilege. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is us coming. To grips with our our privilege, yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's it's hard to kind of um, have it like make sense in your head, you know? Because I think uh, when there are these big cultural events that happen, you go home and like I don't know, maybe your dishwasher's broken or like the the lights are out or you're your ceiling's leaking and like there are these like small little things that like they just don't matter but then they they you want to fix them and they've got to like be taken care of and I don't know for the last two weeks it's been me emotionally stressing over how I'm going to take get rid of my son's pacifier. Well I also think you and I are people who like a little bit of control so maybe having like an issue that we can fixate on that it's like okay I have a way that I can approach this and maybe fix it. Uh, like this small scale thing feels like almost comforting to obsess about. Yeah, and, maybe and worry I don't know. About. Maybe that's it. I also just didn't want my son to be sad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you were also worried about his teeth. I, I think it also like encompasses some aspects of motherhood, and that these small things can seem like they matter so much when they're so insignificant in the world. Long story short, I just very, which is this kind of how I treat a lot of things in motherhood. I just talk to my son. So I said to him, he's. 22 months old. I said, Rilo, you're older now. I don't want your teeth to be messed up. Uh, I'm going to take away the whoopee. You can still hold on to your little turtle, but I, I cut off the pacifier. So I said, the whoopee is no longer going in your mouth. From now on, we hold the whoopee. We don't put it in your mouth. And he was fine with it. He, he like, there was like three nights where he woke up a little early, like by like an hour, hour and a half. But like, now it's fine. It's like not a big deal. And I was like, wow, that caused me a lot of like emotional, you know, I don't know. I was carrying like the load of his projected emotions for like months and I should have just explained this shit to him. So anyways, that's, that's the, that's that's the whole story is that I just told him what the deal was and explained you hold the whoopee, you don't put it in your mouth and that's it. So that's it with the pacifiers. Now, the rest of the week will be focused just on um, what matters in the world, I guess. Well, I think that's great news because it sounds like Rilo has excellent coping skills, which he will need in this world. 
On that note, it's time to jump into our mailbox. First, we're going to take a very quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Hilly. What is Hilly? Guys, Hilly is a dating app with a focus on communication between its users. They believe that every user can lead to something great. A good conversation is a starting point of any relationship, whether it's a friendship, a long-term relationship, or a short romance. Angela, I love new dating apps because, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I'm not single anymore, but when I was, I was very encouraging, like, try the new dating app. You just never know which one's going to be the one that works for you. And Hilly's very fun. Um, the acronym is H. So it's spelled H-I-L-L-Y. And it's an acronym for Hey, I Like You. Hey, I like That's you. Fun. That's cute. And yeah, I feel like with, with the other dating apps, once you're on them for a while, you kind of start seeing the same faces over and over again. So yeah, it's good just to have a new crop of people. Also, just switch it up. It's like, it's like a game. Yeah. Try a new game. Try a new game. Switch it up. Try Hilly. So tell us about Hilly, Angela. What is this Hey, I Like You app all about? Here's the scoop on Hilly. They have a personality quiz that is for the, uh, they have this compatibility check feature that was created by a clinical psychologist named Dr. Joseph Colonna. They have 40 questions that refer to a user's real relationship orientation, personality traits, lifestyle, communication style. I like that they they touch on communication style and some other personal preferences. And then users can check the compatibility with any other person before matching with them. So you get a little more context for who a person is important before you match. Um, they have icebreakers. So every user gets a list of custom and fun icebreakers, which you can make it, which makes it easier to start a conversation. I know that's like what holds a lot of people back sometimes from reaching out is they don't know what to say. Well, it is. And then you've got these like icebreakers that people, I don't know, find on Reddit and start using because we would get, we would get listeners that would send us screenshots of like crazy ass icebreakers. And then we'd get them from like multiple different people. And I'd be like, wait, what? This was the most specific, random, crazy icebreaker. And then multiple people would do them. So honestly, some people might be like anti using a dating apps icebreakers, but I'm like all for it. Like go with their their like vetted icebreakers, then finding some random ass one that that on Reddit that <laughs> girls think are weird and then send into dating shows. Yeah, it's well, it's better than copying and, and pasting when exactly. it's like an actual feature of the app. That's, what, I, that's like, what, thank you. That's <laughs> what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, and what else? They Oh, they have statistics. That's fun. Every user can get a detailed insight on their profile and stories. So how many people v- viewed your profile and who liked you? Uh, just another way to judge ourselves, which is great. We love that. Uh, and they have feature requests. All the users are welcome to share their ideas about new features they'd like to see in the app in the feature request section. So that's cool. They like care what you think. That's yeah, always lovely. Um, guys, get the Hilly app for free from your app store today. That's spelled H-I-L-Y. The app is free from your app store today. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Um, well, this week we have um, a message from our listener, Allie. And Allie wrote to us and she said, um, uh, in reference to you and Rilo, she said, I like how you always dress Rilo in cute but mostly gender-neutral clothes. Maybe an episode on that and other parenting choices would be interesting. Yeah, so I thought I would just talk about my choices of how, how to parent like Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Laura, because very much I, not the expert, but I do. You are a lot more of an reading. expert, more of an expert than I. I on don't this even. One. I genuinely don't even think that's true. I have the viewpoint that I am one hundred percent the best mom in the whole world for Rilo, and not for any other child. So I can tell you how I parent Rilo, but I very much believe that everybody is the best parent for their own particular child and nobody else's child. That is like something I believe so strongly. So I could give you my take. It might not at all apply to you. And also it might not even, it might not apply to my hopeful, hopefully I have more children or another child at least. It might not apply to my second child. It might not apply to Rilo in Two years, three years, I have no idea. But going into it, I very much was like, we chose the name Rilo. 
when we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. I wanted a gender neutral name. I try to kind of dress him gender neutral. I give him toys of all sorts. And then you just see what they're, you know, I, I really try to not be conscious not to push, you know, gender specific stereotypical things on him. And, but I fully support it, whatever he's interested in. So, you know, I bought him like baby dolls in his kitchen, which I guess, unfortunately, are things associated with women. And he has his cars and his trains and his trucks, like Bo stuff. And I'd say he likes both. Right now, he is fully, fully into like trains and trucks and cars. And then, and so we just like buy him more of those books and he'll like tell us what books he wants. He'll look on the back of his books and point to other books he wants because he sees the pictures of other books. But like the other day he pointed, he said, I want this book. And it was like a book of a princess. So I'm going to get it for him. You know, so right. I very much take that stance. I'm not going to like, I'm not like dressing my little boy in like a tutu for like, that would feel like performative. Unless like, he asks for a tutu. Unless he asks for a tutu. Exactly. So I kind of dress him like, whether we have like a boy, uh, uh, girl or a boy next whenever whenever that is I hope I'll use a lot of like his hand-me-downs and I don't know I kind of just try to dress him yeah gender neutral I guess would be the word I keep his hair long he's got his little bun I don't think about it all that much but like before COVID we were in a we were in a little kid store and he pointed to a shirt that had like just like trucks and cars all over it and it was not something that I would have ever picked out for him myself but he's like eh, eh, eh. and I was like do you want this shirt and it's his favorite shirt and he goes in his drawer and he grabs it so sometimes you try your hardest not to push you know it's been interesting because you try not to push you know these gender things but sometimes kids kids are just like into certain machines or in his case, he really loves cars and trucks. And that's just like what he's into. It's not my passion. It's not Nick's passion. <laughs> but that's like, like that's my nightmare is having a child and then being really into sports. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, if they chose sports, I would support them. Exactly. I wouldn't know how to navigate it. But. I don't have like deep thoughts on the issue other than I'm consciously choosing not to push things. Like words you will never hear come out of my mouth are – that's for a girl or that's for a boy. Like those are words that would never cross my lips or you know, like he wears pink pants and I got him like I was looking for a sippy cup uh, at Whole Foods for him when I was ordering my online groceries and I was like sippy cups for kids and the one they had was like bright pink with red pink flower or pink hearts and I was like great perfect cute cute for a kid cute for a boy cute for a girl and I bought it for him. I'm not like you know, they, like I'm definitely socially conditioned to be like, oh, they have a girl one. But I like very quickly have to like check my own bias against that and say like he I'm going to buy him this pink cup with pink hearts. And like that will be my son's next cup, you know, that he carries our, with him everywhere. Our little um, uh, Ian's cousin, Henry, who is going to be our ring bearer for our wedding. He loves pink and purple. Um, they are his favorite colors. And when we were picking out um, all the stuff for them to wear for the wedding, um, he really, really wanted a pink flower. Oh, so that's so I sweet. I know we were going to give him a pink flower. And we, we always – You will one day, Angela. That wedding one day, will happen. One day. But yeah, the point is he loves pink and purple and we don't make a big deal of it. We just – we get him pink and purple stuff. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't – I don't know if that's helpful or what the, what Allie had in mind. She did inspire this entire themed episode of of you know parenthood and motherhood. So I hope she gets something out of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I did an interview with Mother Mag. If you want more of my like unvarnished opinions on my own personal parenthood, you can like I don't know. I feel weird plugging it, but also Mother Mag is an amazing website and just a great resource if you just want to hear other different parent and mother's perspectives on their choices that they make and how they raise their children. I, even before I had kids, like devoured all of the interviews and I just get a lot of ideas of how people think about raising children. And I find it really wonderful. So I am just a big fan of their site. It's just mothermag.com. 
And then they were kind enough to do an interview with myself. So if you want my opinion, you can search for Laura Lane on Mother Mag. <laughs> but I highly recommend um, going through their archives and reading the interviews from like the hundreds of other women and 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 men and people that they have interviewed about about raising children. Uh, so that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, it's always helpful to hear how other people how other people do it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you'll get some ideas. All right, what else we got in the mailbox? Okay, this one is from an anonymous listener, and they say, I'm running out of ideas for activities with my toddler to do in quarantine. Help. Any suggestions? I would love to get, before I even give mine, I would love to get like a non-parent suggestion <laughs> just for fun. Angela, if well, you had a kid, how would you be entertaining them right now? Well, once again, my little my- – And I don't even know if you want to have kids. You're like, think you know – I mean, I don't really know myself. Certainly, Corona is pushing everyone's timeline off a bit. So we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, I mean, our little cousin Henry that I was talking about before, he um, he's home. He's usually in preschool, but his mom has to entertain him every day. So they've been doing a lot of arts and crafts. And obviously, they can only fit so much like on – their fridge and on their wall. So they've been sending us a lot of stuff. He made us tie-dye shirts that we both wear. That's so sweet. Which is a pretty fun activity, I think, for a kid to do. He loves to bake. He has like a baking, uh, like a cookbook for children that he does, Mm -hmm. which sounds really stressful to me, like as the adult in the room, because when I bake by myself, the mess kind of like freaks me out and I get kind of anxious about it. And I imagine, you know, I could picture like me having a kid and thinking like, oh, this is going to be such a beautiful activity, such a bonding moment. And then the second they like spill something, I'm going to be like, oh my God, I can't take this. Um, I don't know. I didn't ever knew how I was going to be, but I'm very much like he'll literally just pour water on the ground. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I'm very, (laughs) I really don't care about spills at all. I think that's because growing up, my dad, like if we spilled water on the table, it'd be like, wow. How could you? Like it, it was like right. he would get like very upset about spilling water. So I remember consciously being like, I will never get pissed about spilling shit. Like, so yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It seems really hard to be quarantined with a kid right now. You also have a neighbor upstairs, and you probably hear a lot I of what do. They do. They're actually um, next door, and our walls, as I mentioned, are very thin. It seems like they. For fun, um, seems like they just scream a lot. Seems like they do a lot of screaming. The kids or the okay. parents? Everybody. Everybody involved. Mostly the kids. And then it is funny that the parents are silent. I feel like they're just like beaten into submission by the children. Like I just picture them like curled up in a corner somewhere and the kids are just like – and they're so funny because they both have like wild crazy hair and they're always in like princess dresses. They are just like your classic like – wild child. See, I read the book Bringing Up BB and they talk a lot about American kids being like baby kings, like they run the mm. house. And so I'm very conscious. Like what That like, was not how my childhood was. Yeah, sometimes like if Rello's doing he's only like he's not even two yet, but I'll be like we will not have a baby king. Like I, I always tell <laughs> like I'm like no, cuz he is lately his thing is being like very demanding over certain foods. And at first I was like, "Oh, let's just give him whatever he wants." Not because all the things I pretty much have in the house are like relatively healthy. So it's not, if he's like, I want blueberries. I'm like, okay, sure. Like you can have blueberries for any time of the day. Blueberries, great antioxidants. Sure. Blueberries, great. But then like, I'm like, am I creating a baby king who's like blueberries now? I don't know the answer. to be Donald Trump. I don't know the The answer. The ultimate baby king. Uh, All right. I'm going to give, I wrote a list of things to answer our our listeners question of some ideas. So Rilo loves cleaning, cleaning of any sorts, mops, sponges. You get things wet. He loves it. Maybe your kid's not like Rilo, but bring out all, get all the cleaning stuff. Um, spin art. We've been getting really into spin art, you know, like those, uh, what Damien Hurst co-opted from children, you know, spin art. Yes. I remember spin art. Okay. Another um, messy activity. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's weird. Rilo's like very, very, uh, you know, not not messy about it. Like very specific about where he drops the paint. You oh. can use a salad mixer. I bought an actual spin art for like 12 bucks on Amazon. 
Uh, cooking with your kid. Rilo does not seem to like this. A lot of other parents have more success. Uh, kid Made Modern is my favorite brand for arts and crafts on Amazon. Uh, my mom also sent like a lot of handmade toys and creative things. Like all, you know, those Instagram parents that you follow, you moms out there, you know what I'm talking about, where it's like these perfect, like beautiful activities that probably took the parent like three hours to set up. And then the kid did it for five minutes and they did Instagram pictures of it. Not that I'm being a hater, but I'm being a hater. Anyways, I don't want to. I don't want to spend time making all of those, but my mom is a former preschool director and she's a grandma now. So she loves making that kind of shit. And I love it because it is, I'm being a hater, but I actually really love these type of activities because it's like pom-poms and you like make this whole thing where the pom-poms go down different shoots and you can make it with like toilet, toilet paper rolls and, and then like a ramp for the car to go down. And I don't know, like hand, all these handmade cool things just you know, do some search on Instagram if you want to make these or ask your, ask uh, one of the grandparents to make it for you, which is what I do. Um, Rilo is obsessed with those shitty Dwayne Reed or Rite Aid cars that you can buy from, uh, from, you know, stores and right that I said I would never buy. I was like, I'm only going to buy him like beautiful, like handmade wooden. Yeah. No, he loves, he loves the like, yeah, he loves the shitty toys with the paint that chips off that, um, and he plays with that all day. So I don't know, maybe just you know put aside what you said you were gonna be like before you were a parent and just give in sometimes. Well, um, I think it's important though that you you know you don't just go for what the grownups think is aesthetically pleasing and you actually let him like choose his toy. So that's that's good. That thank you. you. Got to let the child lead. Uh, another tip especially when we're still stuck at home, uh, which, you know, maybe by the time this airs, things are, pro- you know, starting to open up, but certainly not schools yet. So um, put, to- you know, a lot. there's a lot of controversy of should you just have one zone for the kids? You don't want toys all over your house, which I really want to, I value having an adult home. That being said, we have put toys in like different areas of the home that Fit. So there's like the cleaning stuff in the kitchen. Rilo's cleaning stuff in the kitchen. His cars are in the living room. He's got some like prettier blocks that are in a you know like a dining area. So when he's he doesn't get his board because he feels like he's got like different sections of the home to go to. Uh, pots and pans, anything that's safe that you can give them in the kitchen is very fun. Like I said earlier, I don't care if he gets water everywhere. It's just water. Who gives a shit? And um a lot of those like silicone kind of cooking utensils. I just like throw them on the floor and he loves playing with them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are my, th- Oh, and uh, lastly, when you're, you're calling grandparents or like aunts and uncles, what my sister does is she always has a book nearby. And so she like reads to him on FaceTime and that actually really engages him and he loves it. Whereas kids don't really want to just sit there and talk on FaceTime. Yeah. So she reads him stories. And so that's a great idea if you are not a parent and you, you know, you know but you have kids in your life, um, buy, buy yourself a kid's book and then have it to read to the kids in your life or have your, have your extended family do that. And those are my tips. That's a great idea. Our like our cousin Henry um, has figured out how to call us on his iPad, and he calls us all the time. But as soon as he gets us, he really could not be bothered because I mean, and I don't blame him because we're just like, "Hello, Henry, how are you?" And he's four years old. Get a book, <laughs> like, Angela. Get a yeah, book. Yeah, we need to get a book. Get a book. I'm get telling a book to you. Read to him. And like, and now he has this really special bond with my sister. It's beautiful. Yeah. If any of you listeners want your questions answered about anything in life, all those topics we talked about at the beginning of the show, email us at contact. This is why the podcast.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why the podcast.com. Now let's dive into this week's topic. This week's topic is juggling motherhood. Yes. And of course, that also includes parenthood or caretakerhood all of that. Um, It's easy to compare yourself to others. I follow the New York Times parenting newsletter and Jessica Gross is the editor. And she wrote, two months into staying at home, I find myself engaging in painful comparisons to other moms. I'm particularly particularly disgusted with myself for the pettiness considering how much death, fear, and disruption I read about and report on every day. And yet I can't help myself from getting sucked into the scroll and compare. 
And she was talking about uh, what inspired her to write that was she saw a mom make crackers from scratch. And she said that that just broke her brain. She's like, you could buy those crackers. Why are you spending days to make crackers? But I, I kind of under, I related to both. I related to, it's really easy to compare yourself. And, you know, I have one friend in particular who like makes all of those kind of activity activities I was talking about. And I like sent her message. I was like, do you have help during quarantine? Like explain. And she's like, oh yeah, we have like a live, our live in nanny and housekeeper. I was like, okay, thank you. And she's like, and my husband like does all the cooking. I was like, she's like, I literally only do these activities and it just made me feel better. So wow. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I would say most moms probably do not have that luxury. No. She lives lives in a different country. So I think they're at like a different stage in the quarantine there maybe. Or she's also just very privileged. Both. All the above. All the above. So don't compare yourself because, um, yeah, you just don't know. You're making yourself feel bad for no reason. And and when it came to the crackers – I also sympathize with the mom making those crackers because I was like, I've done like projects like that every so often. And I'm like, it's more for me than the kid. Like Rilo would rather eat cheddar bunnies, but the crackers are more, like, it's a fun project for me. Like, can I make crackers for my kid? You know? And, uh, you know, don't let your, the takeaway be that you should be making your own crackers for your kid. Just that you can. Don't let anything be stressful because that defeats the purpose of like very beautiful moments. And my philosophy when I cook is I cook very healthy because what's the point otherwise? There's like a gazillion things I could buy Rilo that are unhealthy. So I don't know what's in restaurant food. If I am going to cook with my son, I'm not going to use white flour. I'm not going to use sugar. I'm going to use, you know, almond or chickpea flour and whole wheat flour and flax seeds and hemp and chia and veggies. And I'm have fun substituting stuff. And it makes me feel good knowing that I can put healthy things by choice in front of him and have those be, be the option. So I don't know. I could see this mom that was making crackers and I don't know if these crackers were healthy or not healthy, but maybe it was like a project and like a fun creative thing for her. And it was less about like, I'm such a good mom. I make my own crackers. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure for the mom whose brain it broke, which I identify with, I like for any working parent, I think there's always guilt associated with like spending enough time with your child. So to then also have enough extra time to like, yeah, make crackers that you could have bought at the store, I could see how that would blow your mind because when you do get the time with your kid- Or have any free time. Yeah, or have any free time. That's probably not how you're going to spend it unless you do have extra help or some kind of, you know, situation that allows for that. For sure. And I've gone through phases where like I try to cook and- you know, show Rilo that I'm cooking and have it be something that we're doing together. I'm like, oh, look, we're meeting beet pancakes. And then like for the last week and a half, I just have not been in the mood to do that for a project. Like he doesn't seem that interested in it. He'd rather play cars with me. So I'm like, I don't really want to do that. And when he's napping, like lately I've, I've been very pro nap. I've talked about this on the podcast. I'm all about the nap. So like pro I, I want to nap myself or I want to do yoga or I've got like other shit to do. I don't really want to be like cooking beet pancakes lately. So it just kind of just listen to your mood. But if you do want to cook, I have some tips. I love the people that I follow are Minimalist Baker. Whitney oh, I follow e- Minimalist Baker. Oh my God. I love all the food. Whitney English. Whitney E-R-D um, is the Instagram. Plant Based Juniors, also run by Whitney, who's a friend of the pod. Um, what Allie Eats and Kids Eat in Color. Those are my favorites. Cool. Yeah. So we also have uh, Wallet Hub did a study on 2020's best and worst states for working moms. They based the data on um, women, uh, the medium women's salary, um, female unemployment rate, and daycare quality. So, uh, spoiler alert. Tell us what you found. You and I do not live in either the top 10 best or top 10 worst states. New York is not on the list. We're right in the middle. That we're feels doing, about right. Yeah, we're doing a real moderate job. What was the fine. best state for working moms? So the best state for working moms was Massachusetts. Interesting. Okay, run, let's run through real quick the, the top 10 and the worst 10 and then, and then, and then uh, 
tell me any any interesting facts you learned. I'm I I love this. I love these kind of things. Wallet Hub pulls together. So, top ten starting from number one are Massachusetts, Minnesota, Vermont, Connecticut, District of Columbia, uh, New Jersey. Represent East Coast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> close enough to New York. Um, Rhode Island, Maine, New Hampshire, and Wisconsin. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And then the worst states for working moms are Georgia, Nevada, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Idaho, West Virginia, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, and finally, Louisiana. Worst state for working moms. These answers don't surprise me. No, they don't because like we said, it's based on, you know, what women are paid and daycare quality and – Yeah, Louisiana does not – has a very low income medium. Yeah. Um, And I do think they factored in like cost of living to Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But so we're – here's a little – they have a fact about New York though. They said New York does have the highest daycare quality score, which is 116, um, and that's five times higher than in Idaho, which was the lowest at 23. So we have good quality daycare. It's just probably extremely expensive. Um, Some other fun facts in Mississippi. Mississippi has the Lowest childcare costs as a share of the median women's salary, 12.26%, which is 2.6 times lower than in Nebraska, the highest. Um, DC has the highest ratio of female executives to male executives. Ooh. Yes. And DC was in the top 10 for best. Um, so they said, yeah. More the highest ratio of female to male executives, which is 2.6 times higher than in Utah, which is the lowest at 27.46%. All right, interesting, yeah, yeah, interesting, fun stats. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to juggle motherhood. I don't want to tell you to move, but I would say (laughs) if you're in Louisiana, you might want to consider it because it's the worst. (laughs) Just well, you if know, you're the worst, if you're in the worst place, well, I'm, I'm kidding. Factors. I'm kidding. You can't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And who knows? I don't know how accurate are these wallet hub studies. I mean, I hope we're not reading um, but, inaccurate know. studies. But inaccurate yeah, studies. Know. But you always take, take it with a grain of salt. Take this shit with a grain of salt. Yeah, is I mean, all I'm listen, saying. People it, are reproducing in Louisiana, and they're doing they're growing. Fun. All I'm saying is if, you, if you're in Louisiana and you're like, should I move? And you're considering it. And then you hear us say that statistically according to Wallet Hub, whatever that means, that it's the worst, then maybe that'll tip you into being right. like, oh, okay. And if you weren't sure where you were going to move, Massachusetts apparently yeah, great for you. Exactly. Consider this your sign from the universe. Yeah. So those are some tips of how to, to – um. Of, of where are good places to live, some things you can do with the kids, and, you know, don't stress out about comparing yourselves to others. The, that's, those are the takeaways that we, that we hope you – we leave you with today. Um, yeah. Me as a childless woman of 31, those are the tips that I give to you. <laughs> you know what? Everyone, everyone can, um, can, can give their – well – Everyone should not be giving their two cents, so I take that back. I don't want to hear – I really don't want to hear people's two cents on the way I raise my child whatsoever. So uh, anything that I say is really just from my own experience. I'm not trying to like, you know, be all weird about it and and give like some like, I don't know, statement that's, you know – but I really mean it. Like, Like I have been a mother for – not even two years, and I have one child. But this, all my experience is just my experience. That's it. Right. That is very similar to your parenting style, which is just do whatever's best for you, dog. Yeah. I mean, there are certain <laughs> things that I believe really strongly on. Um, like for me, I really love the RIE parenting style. I'm not going to get into it on the podcast, but like look it up if you're interested. Um, and yeah, I do believe in just talking to your kid, not yelling at your kid. I don't believe in timeout. I don't really teach sharing at this stage because I believe that that becomes natural from empathy and modeling empathy and modeling sharing. Like you can't, sharing becomes a loaded negative word when you start pushing it 
at a very young age. Those little so things. So you're encouraging to him to share, but not in the traditional way. Yeah. I'm not saying like you need to share and like taking it away from him. I believe in like letting children finish what they're playing with and fully mastering a skill they're trying to work on instead of forcing them to take something out of their hands and give it to another child. I don't think that has any benefit. So if he ever tries to grab something from another kid and another parent is like, well, it gets tricky with other parents, but um, if someone's like, you know, I, I will tell Riley, like, you can't grab that. That child is playing with that. They don't have to share with you yet, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I could, I could, I could really go into this, but I don't know if, if any of you listeners have specific questions about parenting that you want us to address on the podcast, email us. And so I know more specifically things you're interested in, because this is our first time really tackling motherhood as a concept and parenthood as a concept or caretakerhood as a concept. So it's tricky. It's a big topic, but you can email us at contact at this is why the podcast.com and we'll get more of your questions on later episodes. But for now, it's time for our weekly rundown. This is our weekly rundown where we, where we tell you what's new in the world or just what's new in our lives in various topics. First topic is pop culture. I was reading People Magazine, Angela, and they talked about how Watch What Happens Live host Andy Cohen, who I think you're a big fan of, yeah? I, I love Andy, and I think he's looking great. He's one of the only people that looks better in quarantine. Oh. He's got his long hair. He's got some scruff. He looks wonderful. Love it. Well, he previously had revealed that his, he has a 15-month-old named Ben, and he had revealed that that Ben's nanny had transferred to pal Anderson Cooper's home to help care for his now four-week-old son, Wyatt. Well, now Ben has someone else watching him while Cohen is at work, and he says the transition has, quote, been really good. So this is like a big deal to give your nanny to a friend, especially if you have a good nanny. It's like it takes a long time to build up that trust for them to learn your home, to learn your parenting style, to get on board with everything. I have to say, like, Andy Cohen is a saint for giving up his nanny. Instead of being well, like, instead of being like, Anderson, go find yourself a nanny. He like gave, he's like, I have vetted the nanny and gave him his nanny. Like what? That is real friendship. Maybe she specialized more in like younger babies. That could be true. That could be true. So Cohen said things seem to be really great over at the Cooper household and things are good here. A really good transition and a moment when it's probably not the best time to have a transition. Um, So yeah, they planned it for a while and then he handed off his nanny, which like, what a godsend. This is a very nice friend. Well, I'm sure he's just so excited. Everybody wants their best friend to have a baby around the same time as them so that they can all be like pals together. For so sure. he's probably just so excited about Andy Coop having a baby. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, speaking of friendship, in friendship news, just in my life, uh, like I said, we went and got our car last weekend and one of our friends was kind enough to drive us to go get it, which you had a similar story recently where a friend drove you. Um, really the kindest thing you can be doing for someone right now. But yeah, traveling in a car together is hard with social distancing. So we all had our masks on. We all had the windows down. Um, and then the wind created really loud noise and the masks muffled our voices. So we really couldn't talk the whole time. Mm. But uh, comfortable. I was in the back, so I really didn't speak at all. Uh, Ian and our friend in front kind of. But, you know, Ian has deafness in one ear. It's just, it's providing a lot of challenges, this whole mask thing. But we're working through it. I like it. Nice yeah. friends. So many nice friends. Great friend. And he didn't even get out to stretch his legs when we got there. He was like an Uber, but free. Wow. Nice, nice dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, in politics, I was reading the New York Times writing all about how uh, NASA's astronauts became SpaceX's customer. Uh, I'm sure as you saw on, on Twitter, which was this was like bad timing because I'm like a space geek. And so I was really excited about SpaceX sending working with NASA and sending the astronauts to the International Space T- Station. The launch was the first time a private company and not a governmental space agency was in charge of sending astronauts into orbit. It was like a big deal for people that are space geeks, but uh but what really mattered is the Black Lives Matter movement. So anybody that was like talking about sending astronauts to space 
looked kind of like it was a bad look. Yeah. Although I did love Andy Milanagas on Twitter was like, it is a really good time to leave Earth. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> it's funny and it's true. Yeah. Um, well, I thought I would just give a little history into why this was such a big deal for all of the the tech nerds on Twitter, as people have been calling the people that were tweeting about this. So as you all know, the U.S. sent astronauts to the moon in the 60s and the 70s, and they built the world's only space shuttle fleet for trips into and out of orbit. But then the destruction of the shuttle Columbia in 2003 eventually left NASA dependent on costly Russian spacecrafts to ferry astronauts to and from the International Space Station. But instead of building its own replacement, NASA is now handing over the responsibility of carrying these astronauts to private companies like SpaceX. So I don't know. It's just a big deal for space exploration that private companies are playing such a big role in NASA sending astronauts to space. Um, so as a space geek, I was very excited about this while, um, when it happened, but yeah. 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 I know. I just, I have that image of Trump standing there with his ass out. How Fucking he, like, idiot. He hunches over with his arms dangling, watching the spaceships like a tiny yeah. child As it, and also like, he, he had like no role in the in like in any of it like he's he's like taking credit for it and it's like this is how about you how about you speak about black lives matter instead no. of no. going to he just the, likes the shiny objects yeah i know so it was it was it was tough and then yeah i know elon musk is problematic too in many ways two thumbs so, down for i know EM. you really don't like elon musk but so, uh, just one of those stories that's got a lot of layers to it. Yeah. But you know what? As I said, and as Andy Milanakis said, I hope that we can leave Earth eventually. Let's, let's keep working on that. No, I don't like that because when people say, I know it's like, it's funny as a joke, but then like, that's the problem with like ELMS saying we need to colonize Mars. People are like, look, we already have a home. And it's beautiful and it's perfect. Let's just take care of our home. We can't like go and leave somewhere else. Like that's not a better option. Let's just take care of the home we have. Let's not start over. Let's not start over. Yeah. I mean, how many planets are we going to destroy? Yeah. Hopefully just one. Um, so anyway, with on that note, in dating news. Oh, good. What's going on in dating news, Angela? Hote Living uh, is writing about how uh, they interviewed Joe Maganello, who is Sofia Vergara's husband. Maganello, I don't know. How are Isn't it Maganello? Mag- I don't know. The guy, the guy that was a werewolf on True Blood. Yep, yep, yep. Him. And and was in Magic Mike. He's a handsome guy. Everyone like knows. When you I don't see know how to say his name, but yeah. Nobody's he's very tall. <laughs> and muscular. Yes. Uh, so he, he talked about his first date with Sofia Vergara. And he said, our first date was her giving me every reason why it would never work out. Like, you're too young. You're an actor. You're this. You're that. And she was just doing it to hear herself say it. She was trying to talk herself out of going there, which, like, I identify with Sophia in that way. Not that I've ever, you know, had to be like, listen, you're too hot and young for me. (laughs) But but I do identify with, like, sometimes, like, if you like trick yourself into being like, if I'm self-aware about these things and say them out loud, then I can kind of like, then I have power over them. And like the the bad things that I'm afraid of won't happen. Like right. I feel like Sophia was like, if I say these things, it'll work out. And it did. So, haha, it does work. I lo- and I also, I think more women should be like this. Like we get a lot of emails like, why don't they like me after the first date? It's like, how about you be just as critical of them and think of all the reasons why this person's not good for you so that they, and they have to convince you otherwise. Not, not don't go into dates pessimistic. That's not my advice. It's just to go into them with a little bit more skepticism. Right. She was almost kind of negging him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not that I would ever support that. Maybe you don't have to say it to their face, but. (laughs) But have an air of. Right. Hmm. Uh, In parenting news, the New York Times wrote about how more and more parents are starting to give their kids melatonin to help their kids sleep and it's sold out on the shelves. And oh, this is baffling to me. You're literally drugging your kids. This is so not cool. So I actually have two friends that regularly do this when they travel. So I was like, oh, maybe this is normal when we were going on our 
uh, on like a summer vacation last year uh, out of the country. So I asked my doctor, uh, I said, you know, uh, what, what's up with melatonin? Should I, should I go and buy some for when there's like a time change? And my doctor gave me a very, very quick no. They said, we don't know the long-term effects on hormones. Like I would not do it. You're going to have a couple rough nights, but like, they'll be fine. Don't, you know, don't give it to your, your child. And I'm not saying that I'm like never going to do it if we travel or like, I like maybe there's a scenario, but I do not plan to do this. I think like parents really need to talk to their doctor. Well, that's not even true because my friends that do it have these like California doctors that were like, yeah, you're give, give your kid melatonin. And then my New York doctor who is very, you know, uh, believes in science is like pro pro vaccine pro vaccines i guess you would but low intervention well, most doctors there's are. crazy doctors everywhere trust me but um yeah. and and i'm you know i space whatever we could get into vaccines but like i space them out a little bit but i'm like he's fully vaccinated people and uh but but they're low intervention like you know don't give antibiotics unless you absolutely have to right uh don't be drugging your kid with melatonin so i would just personally ask parents to think twice whenever they give their kids something especially if they're doing it before talking to a doctor just because you see it says kids and it's on a shelf in a store doesn't mean that it's good for them and they don't this just look at the studies they just there's some questionable things about about how it can affect puberty that they just don't know the long-term effects on hormones so yeah Hmm. that article that broke my brain that breaks my brain a little bit too. I mean, I think twice before I take anything like that, so I can't imagine giving it to a small child. Um, fun. Uh, finally, in work news, a bunch of outlets reported that Google's work from home strategy includes a $1,000 allowance, which is amazing. Uh, Google is planning to reopen offices starting July 6th, but many employees may continue working from home until September or next year as the coronavirus pandemic has necessitated social distancing. So in the meantime, the company is going to pay each of its employees $1,000 for equipment and office furniture. And wow, I mean, Ian's company uh, gives him a stipend for lunch every day while he's working from home. And I thought that was impressive. Wow, that is. This is this is way better though. This is real nice. I yeah. I don't get zip. Ian's working on the couch right now. He could have a nice office chair if they gave him a thousand dollars. I know. Well, he could take his lunch bug budget and buy like an ottoman. True. True. A real cheap one from Target, but hey. Um, well, if any of you CEOs are listening to the This Is Why podcast, consider giving all of your employees a thousand dollars. Uh on that note, that's it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Let us know what you think of the new structure. We're con- continuing to hear your advice and and change things based on it. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single, and my book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. They're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and we very much encourage you to support your local indie bookstores. Yes, and get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and the codes, you can check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>